Strawberry Morning on TTO with the word of the day. When you hear the bell, be prepared for a little lesson as we run the gamut of gargantuan gruelity. Weekdays on TTO on AM 1400. KBLJ. Yo, man, let's get out of here. Word to your mother. It's time for Growing Together with Arkansas Valley Seeds on AM 1400 KBLJ, a show to educate you on the best seed selections and soil preparations for residential and commercial turf, range of grass, cover crops, and more. And now, Lauren Adams of Arkansas Valley Seeds alongside Pat McGee, Growing Together on AM 1400 KBLJ. Hey, and a good Tuesday morning election day. It is a brand new program here on AM 1400 KBLJ, growing together with Arkansas Valley Seeds. And of course, uh, with us from Arkansas Valley Seeds, Lauren Adams. Good morning, Lauren. I know we have to do this one over the phone, but uh, we're looking forward to uh, this new program becoming more or less interactive, if you will. Uh, you live here in studio uh, with guests either on the phone or live and also able to take calls from the public when they have uh, questions about uh, different things when it comes to uh, growing. So uh, welcome along. Tell us what we have coming up on today's show. All right. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be with you, Pat, and I'm, I'm really hoping for a lot of good things coming up in the near future with this. Uh, today, I'm really excited to introduce Michael Bartolo. And Michael is a senior research scientist uh, with the local CSU Research Center, and uh, he specializes in uh, uh, vegetable crops. He's got a ton of things to say. Uh, we've had uh, a few conversations leading up to this, and I'm really excited to talk with Mike on the air here to uh, hopefully inform the you know the general community about what is going on there at the research center. And uh, so, Mike, good morning. How are you? Very well. Thanks, thanks, Lauren, and thanks, Pat, for having me on today. Good, good. Hey, uh, all right. Well, let's kick things off here, Mike. Uh, uh, could you tell us just a little bit about the history of the Arkansas Valley Research Center? You, you bet, Lauren. You know, the, the research center, is, uh, it's also been called the research farm or the research station, is part of uh, Colorado State University. So many of you are familiar with Colorado State University in Fort Collins. And as part of its land grant mission, uh, the university has some of these uh, help post research centers or farms around the state. In fact, there are nine of them. Uh, our particular research facility was established as a result of what's called the Morrill Act or the Land Grant Act in 1862. So we actually had our origins way back in 1862 when uh, uh, President oh Lincoln signed us into into being. And mm. uh, uh, thereafter, we were born. And our physical site was actually established in 1888. So the site we're at now, which is at near the intersection of Highway 50 and County Road 21, uh, just uh, uh, east of Rocky Ford has been in existence 132 years, uh, really serving the public here in uh, Otero County and the larger Arkansas Valley as a whole. I see. Uh, now, how is that uh, research center staffed? So we're, we're what's called part of the Agricultural Experiment Station. So Colorado State University has different entities, and, and we're staffed with just three full-time positions right now. There's myself, who are, who's uh, worked, uh, been here almost 30 years as wow. vegetable crop specialist. And then we have Kevin Tanabe, 
who's been with us 21 years. Kevin handles a lot of the uh, farm operations, oversees that, is the farm manager, and he oversees a lot of the agronomic research, so research with things like alfalfa, corn, and, and uh, related items. We also have Lane Simmons. Lane Simmons is a native of the area as well. He's been here uh, 13 years. He's the facilities manager, and his principal uh, operations are, are managing the Weather Station Network, and uh, which is called COAGMET. That's an acronym for Colorado Agricultural Meteorological Network. That's a pretty big mouthful. And then a, a very uh, intense piece of equipment we call the, the lysimeter. And then we also round out our work staff uh, with hourly students. So we like to hire a lot of students that have an interest in agriculture. So high school or, 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 or undergraduate college students that are, have an interest in agriculture. And over the years, we've hired many, many students to help us out during the summertime to manage this 100-acre farm. Uh, seems like that would be a, a fantastic educational opportunity to get young people out there and actually getting their hands on some of the dirt and uh, finding out some yeah, of the evolving uh, things going on with agriculture. And it's been an educational experience with us for some of these students, with the students sometimes too. So it's a two-way street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it, is this, so this isn't really like an internship or something like that. It's just something I yeah. that would be just sometimes a part-time we've had internships. So. Sometimes we've had uh, students take that for credit, and they've gotten that, but most of the time they're just working as hourly. And we, we've got so many diverse types of projects, so it's a real good experience for them. And that's one thing we've tried to keep in mind. You know, We want to make sure that the next generation has the opportunities and have some of these educational experience. So we've made it a point to really help help do that over the years by hiring students. Mm-hmm. Lauren, if I can jump in here real quick. Uh, Mike, do you work much with the uh, ag programs at Otero Junior College? You know, we, we have. We've tried, we, not a lot, but we do. Uh, uh, Brooke Matthew is, is just outstanding. Of course, she used to work with uh, Colorado State University Extension. Mm-hmm. And whenever we get the chance, we try to, um, you know, have students out here. And, and uh, at times we've helped, uh, you know, many uh, and and helped uh, do a lecture in a class. So we try to incorporate them, and, and we look forward more to more cooperation in the future. Mm-hmm. You're listening to a Growing Together with Arkansas Valley Seeds on News Talk, AM 1400 KBLJ. Pat McGee with you. Mike Bartolo from uh, uh, CSU is with us. Uh, Lauren, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, Pat, uh, now you mentioned you've been here since the 1800s. Now, over those years, can you tell us about some of the past projects and things that have been addressed by the Research Center here? Sure. It, it, it's really interesting to see, as you look back in some of these old publications, what they were trying. And really the first thing, you know, you've you got to put yourself back 130 years. They they really didn't know what would grow best here. So, uh, you know, some of this ground was just being break, broken out of sod. In fact, we have some of those early records of how this research farm, you know, they, they were just starting to bring irrigation water and breaking out some of the sod. And they had no idea what are some of the crops that would grow here. So that was some of the early years what would grow well here. So they looked at things, obviously, like fruit trees. And, uh, you know, over the years, there were many, many fruit trees on this research farm, but also things like cotton and tobacco. Uh, later on, really? we started bringing in uh, crops like alfalfa. And that everybody thinks alfalfa is, is always and has been for many, many years, but it they were really around the 1890s, so we didn't know if that would grow well here and really the types of alfalfas that would do well here. Um, that's uh, additional yeah, that things is, like is we, 
Yeah, Sorry, something ahead, that's Laura. very relevant to the, the, you know, to the ag community and what's going to be productive because at the end of the day, we're all trying to make a living, feed our families, and take care of our land. And it sounds like that research has been pretty pivotal in that. Yeah, it has been. And like I said, we've always looked at some merging issues and try to deal with it, you know. And uh, one of those critical ones was early in the 1880s uh, when the melon industry was just starting. Not many people realize this, but that was kind of just a developing industry. And that industry was almost completely wiped out by a, a blight, what they refer to as a bite. And we know now it's a, it's a disease called arthonaria. And um, that this research farm was instrumental in looking at new cultivars or new varieties that were resistant to that blight. So those are the kind of issues that there's a, if there's an issue that's come up, and we've done that over the years, try to address an issue that's going to keep that, that industry in, in, uh, in business. But, uh, you know, uh, after World War II, um, you know, we, we began looking at a lot of pesticides. So prior to World War II, we didn't have any pesticides. And after World War II, we had this rapid development of things that would be uh, protect us against insects and weeds. And so we needed to vet those under our exper- experimental conditions. And then also looking at new hybrid seed varieties. So that was a big part of our, our charge uh, in the early years, is looking at these new varieties that were coming onto the market, particularly hybrid seed varieties. Uh, so those are among, among some of the other things that we did. But if you look back really throughout the course of the history, there is a kind of a foundational um, uh, program, and that is how to manage water more efficiently and more effectively. And so every trial that we have really had that into account. Is how do we manage that very vital, very precious, and very unique resource to the best we can. Amen. Yeah. Well, let's uh, kind of change directions just a touch here, Mike. Uh, so what are some of the current challenges that the growers here locally are having, and, and what is the research doing to help uh, address those challenges? Well, you know, there's, there's always challenges out there, and but first and foremost, you know, we have to understand uh, with all these new technologies how are we going to make a grower profitable and really profitability is probably the biggest challenge we have for any farmer and probably can see that in any course of their 130 year history so they need to know what are the right tools and how to use them most effectively oftentimes we'll be looking at a new technology and let's say for example um, a roundup ready alfalfa this is an alfalfa variety that's resistant to glyphosate and we've tested that, and we know that it performs well. But it, there's a downside to that, is that there's a cost, a high cost associated with that seed. So we mm-hmm. need to give that information to growers in the contacts that they use and, and, and understanding what their markets are and if it's really going to be worthwhile to them. So we try to give this uh, unbiased information. Here's the variety. Here's what it does. Here's what it costs. They have to decide mm-hmm. if it's going to make them profitable. Profitable. Mm-hmm. Another issue that we've seen a lot of in the last few years is the issue dealing with labor. And this particularly affects our, um, you know, uh, growers like melon growers and other growers that rely on vegetable crops. Uh, Some of that can be solved, solved, but, you know, some of it can. So that's a real big issue that is the availability of labor and the cost of that labor. And so how do we solve that from a scientific standpoint? Well, again, mechanization might be one. There might be a technology out there that can help us address that labor issue. But we've done studies that 
might do it in a different way. And I'll give you a ex- specific example of that. This year we did a study where we were looking at what we call long shelf life and extended shelf life cantaloupes. Now, okay. what that does is allow growers to leave the, that melon in the field longer. So if you don't have labor immediately available, you can extend the period of when that crop is still marketable, or you can harvest it fewer times. And that would help, in part, address the labor issue. Sure would. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you had mentioned uh, quite a bit about water and the importance of that in all of the efforts that the research center has made. And it's, you know, it's a reoccurring theme. Um, so can you tell us some of the projects that are related to water specifically? Yeah, I, I, thanks, Lauren. Yeah, water really is the fundamental issue, and, we, and we've seen that over the years. You know, there's never, you know, that, that's what keeps us in production in the irrigated portion is, is either uh, is water, and, and we have to use that always more efficiently, and especially in the context of the competition for that water from other users and particularly municipalities. So we've looked at ways that we can use that more efficiently. So one study, for example, looked at the, the in the early uh, 1990s, we started looking at drip irrigation. And so using water through a drip irrigation hose, and, and, and it's mostly used on vegetable crops, but that was one way. We now are using more, uh, doing more work with lysimeter, or excuse me, sprinklers. And sprinklers we're seeing in some parts of the valley, the amount of center pivot sprinklers or partial center pivot sprinklers are becoming more and more prevalent. So we need to understand how does that change water use, consumptive use? How does it change the accumulation of salts in the soil profile? There's a lot of issues that come about from that. Uh, We have some really unique tools here at the research center that help us study that. One is our weather stations, and I alluded to that. Uh, This is some of the weather stations that Lane Simmons oversees. They're part of what's called the COAGMET network, and they help Mm us, you know, water use is really based on these environmental factors, you know, temperature, wind speed, all those types of things. So we have this network of weather stations located throughout the valley here within probably the, the listening distance of the radio station. We have one in Fowler. We obviously have one here at the Research Center in Rocky Ford. We have one located uh, just east of Bents Fort. And there's others, you know, in Pueblo County and, and Prowers County as well. And these go in to help us look at some of the mathematical models, uh, some of the, the things that we use to develop crop water use. And then one final really uh, unique tool that we have is what's called the lysimeter. A lysimeter, if you were to imagine, it's a large, I call it a flower pot in the middle of the field. So it's this very large block of soil we have right out in the middle of the production field. And that block of soil is, is located or is perched on top of a very, very sensitive scale. And so every time we irrigate that crop that is on that lysimeter, the weight of that gets heavier. And when we have sunny days and the crop starts transpiring and using water, it gets lighter. So what that helps us do is determine from a scientific standpoint what the consumptive use of water is. So it's the most accurate tool we have to measure crop water use. 
Mike Bartolo with us from the CSU Experiment Station in Rocky Ford. You're listening to Growing Together with Arkansas Valley Seeds. The other voice you hear there, uh, of course, is Lauren Adams of Ark Valley Seeds. Quick break, and we will be right back here with more uh, featuring Mike Bartolo on Growing Together with Arkansas Valley Seeds on AM 1400 KBLJ. Hi, Lauren Adams here. We're celebrating 75 years of providing quality seed products at a great value to our friends and neighbors in the Arkansas Valley and beyond. Come by and talk with Tony and myself at 98 South 12th Street in Rocky Ford. We want to help you create your custom crop or pasture plant for the upcoming season. We have the knowledge, resources, and products to help you maximize results. Relationships matter at Arkansas Valley Seeds, 719-254-7469. You wanted to talk about the Arkansas Valley Trader? Oh, look, Pat, it's Ralph. Are you ever going to shut up about finding the Velvet Elvis painting? Well, Ralph, of course. I mean, that's one of the keynote things with us on the Valley Trader. We want to find the Velvet Elvis. You're on the internet all the time. You live in the computer. You haven't helped us at all, so we need to depend on our faithful listeners. Because what have you done for us? Can I ask for a girlfriend on the show? Well, Ralph, I, I, I'm afraid there might be laws against that. What can I sell? Uh, you, you can sell anything. Well, almost anything. Uh, almost anything, of course. But, uh, you know, you can buy, sell, trade, give away about anything except old mattresses, firearms, prepared food items, things like that. It's all common sense stuff, Ralph. What day is the show? Wednesday about 11.15. Please don't say it that day. Just don't. Of course, exclusively on AM 1400 KBLJ. But you, if anyone, should know that. Call Pat at 3842345. Clean out your closets. Sell your stuff. You people have too much stuff. I'm Ann Boswell, and I'm really proud to be able to bring you one of the local shows that we do here on AM 1400 KBLJ, Local Legal Conversation. And I'm pretty proud of the fact that people have been enjoying and reaching out to me and saying, hey, yeah, we really like the legal education that we get, information about our rights, information about upcoming legislation, of concerns. It's not just a lawyer show. It's a legal show. Local Legal Conversation, Fridays at 11 on News Talk AM 1400 KBLJ. You have those friends. You know those friends you hang out with? Where the conversation just leads down a road that no one really anticipates going down. You know he became a porn star after that, don't you? Because he got he got a new and improved model. I get it. And of course, the serious stuff, weather, news, and information that you need. And sometimes that's our morning. Brought to you by the Arkansas Valley Hospice, homegrown and deep-rooted. I don't know where you're going to go to find more information about your community on AM 1400 KBLJ. Oh, hey, Ralph, come here. I need you to be our big voice guy. Just say true confessions. You mean like this? True confessions? That's silly. Why do the two of you act like children? Do you need a nap and a snack? Ralph, I just wanted you to play along. I found something funny. Something funny that Pat McGee said the other day. Uh, Jenny Francis, wasn't she Laura on General Hospital back in the day? I never watched that. Well, oh, my gosh. See, I'm a days of our lives kind of girl. I, 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 should, I, I should remember, though, because cause way back in the day, when Nunnery Electronics was right down there on First Street, where mm-hmm. First Street Emporium is now, Larry and I were hooked on General Hospital. And we went to know, what is your guilty pleasure? Go to our Facebook page and play along. Guilty pleasures. Is that like a nap and a snack? TTO, this, that, and the other on AM 1400 KBLJ is brought to you by the Arkansas Valley Hospice, homegrown and deep rooted. Pat McGee has just admitted that he is hooked on the soap opera. Back in the day, I mean. Do you need a nap and a snack? Will I get a voice talent fee for this? 
I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer. I'm a barber. A waitress. A mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty, something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right. These are the moments to take a pause. Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia. Or being afraid. It's about standing up and protecting our communities. One detail at a time. Because a lot of little details can become a pattern. We. 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 We trust our instincts. Just like you should. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Welcome back. It's Growing Together with Arkansas Valley Seeds on News Talk AM 1400 KBLJ. Today featuring Mike Bartolo from the CSU Extension and the Experiment Station there in Rocky Ford. And uh, with us, of course, Lauren Adams of Arkansas Valley Seeds in Rocky Ford. We'll be getting more as to what we'll be doing uh, with the program throughout uh, its development here. And, of course, uh, learn a little bit about Arkansas Valley Seeds itself. But, uh, Lauren, I know you had uh, much more for uh, Mike to bring out with us about the experiment experiment station today. Boy, we sure do. Uh, uh, what a wonderful asset this is to the community at large. And uh, Mike, we're going to get into a little bit more about uh, what is some of the other entities that are available to the community at the research center there at that physical location. And one of the topics that is kind of reoccurring is uh, soil quality testing that is available to the local agriculture community. Now, those tests are very important to us as uh, seed providers because the results of those tests will help us get with the customers or get with the growers and help them ascertain as to the condition of their soil at this moment and some of the seed products that we can recommend for cover crops and grazing crops that will help them improve their soil to achieve the goals that they're trying to reach. And so that information is very important uh, for us to use to get there. Uh, you know, and there's a ton of other things it can do. So could you expand a little bit on the soil testing and some of the other uh, assets that are available to the community through the research center? Sure, Lauren. Uh, you know, soil testing, as you mentioned, is very, very important, and we, we really are advocates of that. And the first step is taking a soil sample, and maybe you may not know what to do with it, but if you brought it here to our facility, the extension officer of the diagnostic lab, we can send that out. We don't do all that soil testing here on our site, but we can send it either directly to campus, which has an extensive uh, um, lab uh, soil analysis laboratory, or a private lab as well. So I think that's now, is, is that complicated or expensive to do, or is that something that you know just the average Joe can put together and do? No, anybody uh, can do that. There, there, there's there's good techniques of, of taking soil samples. You want a, a representative soil sample, so if you have a you know, a, a, a plot or a garden even, you want to make sure it, it represents the entire garden and you want to take it to a, a good uniform depth. And we can help you uh, give you that information to do that. But it's it's not complicated at all. It's just grabbing some soil and making sure it's adequately prepared and mixed and then bringing it here and they'll send it for analysis. And it's, so that's it's not, not just available to the agriculture professionals, right? That's available to home gardeners or... Uh, hobby growers and that sort of stuff too. You don't have to be a major ag professional in order to get your soil analyzed there. Is that right? 
That's correct. Anybody can bring it in if you've got a garden soil or anything else. And it, 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 it's fairly economical. You know, you could get a, a soil sample for, you know, around $20, $25. And it's not, but it, right. it's pretty comprehensive. Lauren, you mentioned some of the other entities. Yeah. 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 Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned some of the other agencies that that are out here, and so as I mentioned, uh, we're what's called the Agricultural Experiment Stations arm of Colorado State University, but we also have some other arms of CSU, and and I, I bet a lot of the public are familiar with that. One is the Veterinary Diagnostic Lab, so that was actually brought out here in the 1960s, and the, the current lab is under the direction of Dr. Gene Niles, and. And those of you that are in the livestock industry uh, know a lot about that. If you're working with a local veterinarian, uh, you might refer to it as CSI Rocky Ford. It, it, if you've got a pathology or an issue with your animal or livestock, they do a lot of the analysis there. But they also do some water testing. So they're a really uh, uh, credited uh, full-service laboratory to do those sort of things. And then about 18 months ago, we had the CSU Extension Office, which is formerly located in downtown Rocky Ford. Uh, the area director is Bruce Fickenshire, and he uh, oversees all those extension uh, programs. Uh, extension is, is really the outreach or educational arm of Colorado State University. Uh, of course, many of you are familiar with that and may have participated in it through uh, the 4-H program. So we've got that program is run through the uh, local CSU Extension Office, which is now co-located with us here at the our site uh, just east of Rocky Ford. An additional entity of, of uh, CSU is the State Forest Service. Now, that's not located on our site, but that is mm-hmm. located, I mean, you may have seen the building just uh, west of uh, the OJC Student Center, and that's the State Forest Service. So I here see. at our location, we have the Agricultural Experiment Station, the CSU Veterinary Diagnostic Lab, and the CSU Extension Office. Mike Martola with us here on News Talk AM 1400 KVLJ. It is growing together with Arkansas Valley Seeds. Welcome along. A uh, brand new program here today. Lauren, sorry to butt in right there. No problem. So we're doing pretty good here, Mike. Uh, now, what are some of the emerging or new technologies that you see being important to uh, not only growers in the community, but people who are producing produce or uh, or even just rangeland for their cattle. Sure, sure. Uh, there's a lot of new technology, and I, I think we all can think back what it was like 20, 30 years ago and how things have changed. I would have never imagined, you know, I'd, uh, some of the things I'm doing now and the, and the computers. I'm not a very good computer person, but I'm being forced yeah. to, to learn a lot. And, and that, that kind of technology, anything related mm-hmm. to computers, has, has changed exponentially. So there's definitely new irrigation technologies, and as we mentioned, you know, uh, with drip and sprinkler, and that kind of sets out a cascade of other events. So new things like, uh, you know, using reduced tillage and other things. Um, There's going to be labor-saving technologies. I kind of alluded to that earlier in the program. Mm -hmm. But things like the use of data, and what that means is that we're able to collect so much data uh, in a particular field, for example, uh, we can use things like satellite imaging and drone technology to gather up things like how our crops are, how our crops look, or how if there's a nutrient deficiency. So just managing that immense amount of data that we're now able to collect is going to be a new emerging technology. And there's also going to be a technology associated with the types of crops we grow. Uh, you know, we have 
uh, obviously in the 20, 30 years, have a lot of biotechnology, things like Roundup Ready corn or BT or insect-resistant corn. But we're not only going to be developing crops that are resistant to pests, but also crops that have better nutrient value. So biotechnology or or developing crops that have the uh, things that help us prevent some of these chronic diseases like diabetes or cancers or other things are going to be on the emerging technologies. And 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 thing I always think of is that there's going to be things we can't even imagine. And I just I look back, you know, uh, to my grandfather, for example. I wonder what he would have thought of this, you know, for someone that used horses to uh, to um, till the ground and do that. What he would have thought of some of these new technologies that are GPS guided tractors and all the other things. It would have, it would have been astonishing. Right. So I think there's things that we we can't even imagine are going to happen, and hopefully we'll be able to provide growers uh, uh, the means to understand those better and see how they fit into their program. Right. Uh, Now, uh, we've talked a lot about water conservation, and a personal interest of mine, and this is very personal to me, is, uh, uh, you know, the the kind of emergence of hydroponics in agriculture and in uh, the produce of, of produce, vegetables, and uh, vine crops and things like that. Is that something that you see as something that might be a little viable to uh, experiment with uh, in in the local ag community? I, I, I think, uh, you know, one of the things about hydroponics is, is, yeah, we're, you know, the university is definitely involved in that and looking at things like uh, protected agriculture and using new technologies and lighting and other things. So, yeah, it, it could be potentially... Uh, valuable here. I see that more of a growth industry near the near higher population centers. If you're going to grow food in, in very enclosed and dense spaces, uh, you're probably going to want to do it closer to where the people are. And even though we have miles down is what you're talking about. We can do that. That's good stuff. You know, um, as, uh, as a seed professional, something that I've just kind of got into and, and, uh, just for our listeners, a little backstory on me. I'm, I'm relatively new to the ag community. I just started with Arkansas Valley Seeds less than a year ago. And as I got into this uh, and I started researching it, I didn't realize um, how much I was really going to be interested in the ins and outs of agronomy and agriculture. And so I've been doing some studying and some research on my own. And initially, I ran across two people who've impressed me very much. One is Ray Archuleta from the NRCS, and the other is a very famous guy in the ag community. His name is Gabe Brown. And these folks talk a lot about regenerative agriculture and the importance of soil health and the microbiology in the soil uh, that that, uh, is so important for generating good soil health to produce good products. And uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that today, if we could. Uh, just because I know sometimes when you mention words like regenerative agriculture or uh, organic, people's tails get a little bit fluffy because it seems to have connotations towards other things uh, that kind of shut them down to that conversation. Uh, can you speak to those uh, those uh, different kind of emerging thought processes there, Mike? Sure, Lauren. Uh, you know, that idea is that soil health and, and the soil, soil microbiology are, are really emerging fields of interest in, uh, in agricultural research. And, and we're, I think we've always intuitively known that we have to take care of our soil 
And so as we learn more about it, we're, we're just trying to figure out the best and most efficient ways of doing that, whether it be with cutter, cover crops or soil amendments or things like that. One of the things that we have to do, and as uh, one of our charges as a research center, is if we're looking at things like cover crops or the soil amendments, we have to vet that it through the lens of does it really work under our conditions? Is using cover crops worth the, the investment we're going to have in irrigation water? So excellent things. I mean, there's just so much interesting potential, and as we learn more about it, I, I'm sure we're going to we're going to do more and more experiments. Um, headed in that direction but again we have to make sure we're doing it through the lens of does it work for us here in the arkansas valley with some of the restraints we have with irrigation water or other things but i think as we better understand that we're going to be doing a lot more experiments in that general direction i think there's a tremendous amount of potential and with any new technologies you know there's there's some hesitation but eventually you get some early adopters and people start adopting those new new techniques Mike Bartolo with us from the CSU Experiment Station in Rocky Ford. This is Growing Together with Arkansas Valley Seeds. Uh, final break, we'll be back to uh, wrap things up with Mike and uh, Lauren Adams of Arkansas Valley Seeds here on AM 1400 KBLJ. Hi, Lauren Adams here. We're celebrating 75 years of providing quality seed products at a great value to our friends and neighbors in the Arkansas Valley and beyond. Come by and talk with Tony and myself at 98 South 12th Street in Rocky Ford. We want to help you create your custom crop or pasture plant for the upcoming season. We have the knowledge, resources, and products to help you maximize results. Relationships matter at Arkansas Valley Seeds, 719-254-7469. Let's talk about America. Not taxes or tweets or the issues that divide us, but how incredible our country is. Left, right, up, down, state lines to winding coastlines. Whether you come home to a crowded city street, tree-lined suburb, or sleepy small town, everyone deserves to live in a clean, green, and thriving community. And we all share in the responsibility to create beauty that ripples from one neighborhood to another and one block to the next. We are Keep America Beautiful. The nonprofit working with millions of people just like you to end littering, improve recycling, and beautify our communities. Because every mindful action and sustainable habit has a positive impact, and it all adds up. Learn how you can join Keep America Beautiful at kab.org. Together, we can do beautiful things. Now, Arkansas Valley Weather on KBLJ. This is meteorologist Bennis Hole with your Tuesday Ag Weather Impacts. Well, a ridge of high pressure will keep a wide expanse of warm air across the central high plains, including southeast Colorado this week. Temperatures could average 15 to 20 degrees above normal, which is even a farther cry than the much below normal temperatures we experienced this time just last week. Light winds will accompany the warm weather which will allow chemical applications through Thursday, but winds could start increasing Friday. The increasing winds late this week may also heighten the fire danger, since afternoon humidity will likely be in the 15 to 20 percent range. This stretch of warm, dry weather all comes to an end on Saturday night, though, as a cold front arrives, bringing a chance for rain and snow Sunday night into Monday night. 
Early precipitation estimates are a tenth to a third of an inch. Well, that's not much, but it may help to chip away at the severe to extreme drought conditions, or at least keep it from getting any worse in the short term. Look for soil temperatures at the 4-inch depth to warm into the 50s this week, which will help winter wheat growth where moisture remains adequate. Over this past weekend, NOAA's Climate Prediction Center updated the November outlook and is continuing the expected below-normal rainfall with temperatures averaging above normal. This is meteorologist Dennis Hull, and that's your Ag Weather Impacts. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Hello, Southeast Colorado. It's Trent Luce of Rural Routes Radio. I'm happy to say that thanks to KBLJ, you and I can have a cup of coffee together every weekday morning at 9 a.m. We discuss the issues between rural and urban America, often tackling the issues that nobody else wants to talk about. So I'm looking forward to your feedback, your participation down the dusty trail. It's Rural Route Radio, 9 a.m. right here. See you then. And that right here is AM 1400 KBLJ. Welcome along, everybody, as we are wrapping up the first episode of Growing Together with Arkansas Valley Seeds. We've been featuring, of course, Lauren Adams of Ark Valley Seeds, Mike Bartolo from the CSU Experiment Station. Mike, about a minute here to wrap things up. Anything you'd like to add? No, uh, thanks. Uh, thanks, guys. I just want to say I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. And, you know, as we look towards the future and other projects, so we obviously talked about soil health being big uh, and, uh, and, and what's coming down the pike as far as uh, things that are going to be important to growers. But one thing I, I'm really encouraged about is, is how growers are adapted and have adapted to any new technologies. And so uh, every time a young farmer, there's, you know, people say there's no young farmers. There are plenty of young farmers in the area. They're just amazing people of how they've adapted to these new technologies. And and farmers in general, uh, this has probably been one of the most exciting and most uh, fortunate things in my career, is that they're so inventive. I think uh, they can figure out things. They're able to adapt readily. And, and so if there's things like cover crops or soil health, they'll figure out how make, to make it work for them, and especially the newer, newer farmers that are coming along. So I'm very excited to see that uh, and look forward to working with a lot of those people and see, see them succeed in the future. And we just make sure here at the research center that we have the tools, give them the tools necessary to be successful. And I think, Lauren, you could probably uh, relate to that too, whether you be a seed company or, or, or people giving out ex- experimental information or research information, you want to make sure that they have the right tools to succeed. All right. So, and, Lauren, I'll go ahead and turn that over to you. Yep, and real quick, Lauren, just tell us uh, where Arkansas Valley Seeds is, where uh, folks can uh, come and talk to you if they'd like uh, information about our program or, uh, you know, if they've got any turf, residential, commercial, whatever the case might be. Sure. Well, uh, uh, we're on uh, 98 South 12th Street here in Rocky Ford, Colorado, and Tony and I, uh, uh, Tony is the branch manager here, and he's an extremely knowledgeable guy, and I've learned so much from him in the short time we've been together, and I've come to respect Tony at a level that, that is just a, 
his, his level of knowledge and understanding of agriculture in general uh, just continues to blow me away. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, awesome to be there learning his feet. And we really love it when our customers come in or call and have questions because uh, we love to help them walk through some of the things that that, it, that I found just amazing coming mm-hmm. into agriculture is that you can use different seed products oh, to yeah. fix nitrogen into your soil, and okay. you can do things to fix carbon and uh, you know to help with your water infiltration and things that are very important. Well, hey, stop no, by, I, yeah, stop by. We are out of time, Lauren. I do have to go, uh, but uh, stop uh, by and see them and tune in next Tuesday, eleven o'clock, for another edition of Growing Together with Arkansas Valley Seeds here on KBLJ, the Arkansas Valley source for news, weather, sports, and information. Sorry about that. That's News-talk a hard break. I've got to get it. KBLJ, the Hunter. Long lines earlier in parts of Philadelphia, the city in a battleground state where they've started processing yet.